0: Today on the newscast, an update on Israel's Operation Shield and Arrow. Israel takes out two more top Islamic Jihad leaders as rockets continue to fall on Israeli cities and towns. Get all the breaking details next. folks. Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. As I come to you around 1 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States on Thursday, May 11th, we still have no ceasefire between Israel and the Gaza-based, Iran-backed terror group, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. If anything, at this moment at least, things seem to be escalating. By the time you watch this, there may indeed be a ceasefire in effect, but that is certainly not the case right now. Here is the latest. Uh, The city of Rehavot in central Israel was barraged with rockets today. One Israeli citizen killed and five more seriously wounded. Clearly, that is an escalation that Israel will respond to. Up to 600 rockets have now fallen on Israeli cities and towns since this conflict with Islamic Jihad. Israel calls it Operation Shield and Arrow, kicked off two days ago on Tuesday, May 9th. Now, in the meantime, the tally for top Islamic Jihad commanders that Israel has taken out, eliminated over that two-day span, is now five. Five Islamic Jihad commanders, uh, Israel eliminated two more today, one was named Ali Ghali. He was the commander of all of Islamic Jihad's rocket forces. Obviously, he was a crucial target considering this group continues to rain rockets down on Israel as we speak. And his deputy was also killed today. So the two top Islamic Jihad rocket commanders taken out by Israel. And by the way, in terms of the deputy, uh, Israel Defense Forces spokespeople say, look, we actually delayed eliminating him because he was surrounding himself with human shields. He was using a family in Gaza, women and children to shield himself. And that is the MO, folks, whether it's Islamic Jihad and Hamas in Gaza, Hezbollah in southern Lebanon. We've described this to you many times here on the newscast. They use civilians, the elderly, women, children, as human shields, because they know that Israel will not strike, or Israel will do everything it can to avoid striking when civilians are at risk. And these terror groups, in a very evil, wicked, and cynical way, take advantage of that. Take advantage of Israel's extraordinarily strict rules of engagement, and they use civilians as human shields. We know that Egypt is feverishly trying to broker a ceasefire between Israel and Islamic Jihad. The U.S., the EU, they're weighing in, they're worried, they want to see an end to the hostilities. We've seen this time and time again with Israel, right folks? Every time Israel has one of these conflicts, particularly in Gaza, the world howls as Israel looks to defend its citizens from rocket barrages. That's where we're at right now. Even reportedly, President Sisi in Egypt may be directly getting involved trying to make this ceasefire a reality. In the meantime, I think this will go three ways. Number one, and perhaps most likely right now, but anything can happen in the Middle East. Expect the unexpected. But most likely you would think would be a ceasefire sometime in the next day or so. No guarantees. It's just one possibility. Another possibility is that things continue to escalate between Israel and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. That may depend, number one, on how serious the losses That Islamic Jihad are taking are, because remember, Israel is targeting Islamic Jihad installations and rocket launching pads throughout the Gaza Strip. It also depends on what Iran wants. At the end of the day, the Iranian regime is the master of Islamic Jihad and the mullahs in Tehran are ultimately calling the shots. And the other option would be not just an escalation one-on-one because Hamas, by the way, has stayed on the sidelines thus far, but not just a one on one escalation between Israel and Islamic Jihad, but a broader escalation where that entire Iranian backed ring of fire that surrounds Israel on all sides ignites. That would mean not only rockets launched from Gaza by Islamic Jihad, Hamas at that point would get involved as well, but also from southern Lebanon, from Uh, Hamas sells there, perhaps. Islamic Jihad sells there. We also have Hezbollah, of course, in southern Lebanon and Syria as well. We saw a dry run of sorts back around Passover when Gaza, Lebanon, Syria, all three of those rings of the larger ring of fire fired rockets into Israel over a 48-hour period almost simultaneously. Also, keep an eye, folks, on the West Bank. Here in the newscast, we call it Judea and Samaria because that's what the Bible calls it. It's the biblical heartland. There are also Islamic Jihad cells in places like Nablus and Jenin. That's another hot spot as well. So, one of those three options ceasefire, one on one escalation between Israel and Islamic Jihad, and a broader escalation where the ring of fire ignites. All three are on the table right now, folks. We shall see. But in the meantime, I wanted to give you a glimpse of what life is like for the communities in southern Israel in particular. And these rockets, by the way, I mentioned central Israel has been struck. Rockets were intercepted uh, by Iron Dome over Tel Aviv as well. Yesterday, Iron Dome is doing its job. And another side note. Many of these rockets, at least 25% of them that have been launched since Tuesday, have fallen inside of Gaza. They never reached Israel. They have fallen inside of Gaza and killed Palestinian civilians. As Israel rightly calls this, it's a double war crime. Not only is Islamic Jihad targeting Israeli women and children, but they're also slaughtering Palestinian women and children, not only through their inadvertent rocket blast, but in using them as human shields. But what is life like for Israelis in southern Israel during one of these conflicts? Back in May 2021, I visited Ashkelon, which really bore the brunt of the Hamas-Israel showdown at that time, two years ago. And I visited the home, or what was left of the home, of an Israeli man whose home was destroyed, as you'll see, by a Hamas rocket. These are not firecrackers that are coming out of Gaza. This man's home was destroyed, and many Israelis throughout southern Israel are de- and beyond are dealing with this on a regular basis on the ground in Ashkelon. Take a look. One Hamas rocket. People say that, look, you know, Hamas... They're just making these small projectiles in their basements and they're firing them haphazardly. They can't cause a lot of damage. Well, guess what? They destroyed a home here, and today we met the former resident of this home. His name is Asher. He, he's a good man, and we want you to pray for him, folks. Keep him in your prayers. He gave us a tour of what used to be his home, and he described what happened on the night this Hamas rocket destroyed a place that was sacred to him. His home, his grandchildren, his family, his wife, they were all in the home. Not only that, someone died in this home as a result of this Hamas rocket. She was not an Israeli citizen. She was a guest worker from India who was a caretaker for an elderly Israeli woman who was living here. We got the inside story from Asher and it was very difficult for him to come on camera. Uh, but he was kind enough to share his experience from his heart, from his soul. Asher spoke, shared his heart on what happened here. Inside the home. You saw Raz and I outside surveying the damage. Now we are inside the home as we we're doing the interview. Asher, this was his home. He was kind enough to bring us inside to show us what happened here as he and his wife and his grandchildren were here sleeping. Uh, Asher, thank you so much for, for letting us come in. We're so sorry for, for the loss of your home and, and the life that was lost here. Can you take us back to that night when the rocket hit? Where were you, your wife, and your grandchildren? What happened upon impact of this rocket? Physically,
1: thank God, none of my family is hit. It's the damage in the na- neighboring house. But mentally, we're still vulnerable. It's still very hot. So it's coming here and telling you the story and seeing the shrapnel and everything, it brings me back to it, and I know how hard it is. So I want to thank Asher very much for taking the effort because I think it's very important to show what happened and to let people who lived through it and describe to us what it means to have no physical damage but a mental damage and sleeping in your bed and having your house collapses and you surprisingly is something beyond expectation. As Asher said, he was living here with his wife and eight, there were total of eight, his son and his grandchildren. They are used to it, Asher can have 30 seconds to go to a bomb shelter. Uh, So they hear the alarm, the bomb shelter they have is just behind the corner. They started walking towards the bomb shelter But for some reason, the missile landed before. He said there was almost alarm and then the landing. For some reason, there was not enough time. There was no 30 seconds for some reason. Um, He was standing where we are standing. He was thrown from the shockwave. He landed on the ground. And that's the last thing he remembers. His son described later on that he dragged him into the shelter because there was other alarms. There was more alarms coming in. The last time, the the next time he came here was a couple of days afterwards to see all the destruction. And since then, they don't really come here very often. It's very hard for him to see the house. And that, uh, looking like that. They just finished renovating the house not long ago. They added a bomb shelter, which the neighboring house did not have, but it says look, look at the damage caused to my house. Look at the damage caused to the neighborhood. You're not talking about a small missile. That's something that was big. I saw the size of the missile. It was a very big missile. And that's something that we need to understand. This is a damage caused by a big missile. Why? Why is it damage? Look, why does it have to do like that? Why do you have to believe like that? Why don't like we warn them before we cause damage. They want to destroy my house, take my house, but let me go out first, like we do over there. And why, why focus on violence anyways? I remember in the 70s, he says, being in Israeli, going to Gaza, visiting there, eating with them. Why can't they take all the all the money that's being brought in by Qatar and by foreign uh, organizations, and instead of focusing and building more violence, more weapons, more ammunition, rebuilding their house? Because he because says, I know. I'm now in the pain, and I feel the pain of my neighbors who also suffer, because Hamas, instead of building their houses, instead of building the infrastructure, improving their life, Hamas is building more and weapons, and he's going to flame up the next time. Why not go back to the peace we had back in the 70s? And hearing that from somebody who is standing in the what used to be his living room is amazing. And, and again, I know how hard it is for Asher, and again... Mehmet, thank you so much. That's a message
0: that we all can embrace. That's right, Asher. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. God bless you, Rav. Thank you for translating. And as you said, what a situation. But Asher and the people of Southern Israel are resilient. You are resilient. Thank you. Folks, it's two years on and I still pray for Asher and his family. Hey, keep Israel in your prayers right now. Just generally, not only the people of southern Israel who are hardest hit, but central Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, of course. And by the way, pray for those Palestinian men, women, children, elderly who are used as human shields by the terror groups. They don't really have a say in this when terror groups are forcing them quite literally at gunpoint to serve as human shields. We'll see where this all goes. We're following it all very closely. Don't miss any of our updates here uh, on the newscast. Be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new update is posted. And if you want to support the channel, remember, check out shop.tbn.org forward slash watchman and show your support for this channel and help us keep going, not only here on YouTube, but on international television television as well for such a time as this. Until tomorrow, thanks for joining us. God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.